You're listening to episode 236 of the Tennis Files podcast with special guest, 2021 US Open Junior Singles and Doubles Champion, Robin Montgomery. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And I'm really excited to bring to you my interview with Robin Montgomery, who is a professional tennis player on the WTA Tour. She is from Washington, D.C., born and raised, and currently lives. In DC, so really cool to be interviewing such a high level player who is in the same area as where I am、uh, in Maryland, so super close by. I play tennis in DC all the time.、Uh, probably going to be playing some mixed doubles leagues or one league at least in DC very soon. But Robin incredibly won both the singles and doubles championships at the 2021 US Open.、Uh, I don't even know. The last time that's happened where somebody has won both the singles and doubles at a Grand Slam, but that is incredible. And I also got to watch Robin play a little bit at a kind of a tribute or opening of a tennis court at JTCC, the Junior Tennis Champion Center. I think it's Pershing Square, is what it's called. And she is definitely a really powerful player, plays great, and just really happy for all her success. And so, on the episode today, we're going to talk about、uh, how she got her start in tennis, her keys to her junior success, a typical day of her training, and how she prepares for big time matches, what gear she's using, how her team is comprised of, or you know, who it comprises of, mental health, and how important that is. And so, yeah, it's really a wide ranging conversation. And I really enjoyed speaking with Robin. She is very mature and was very pleasant to talk to. And、uh, she made some time for me, even though she's、uh, in the middle of traveling and playing tournaments and everything. So I do hope you enjoy this one. And without further ado, here is my interview with Robin Montgomery. Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of the Tennis Falls podcast. And it's really a pleasure to have Robin Montgomery on the podcast. Robin, how are you doing? Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.、Um, I'm doing well. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time.、Uh, it's funny because I actually had a, a lesson with Vesa Punka, who was on the podcast, I think episode 226. And He said, Hey, have you、uh, interviewed Robin? And I said, No, I'd love to. So、um, he was cool enough to connect us. I、uh, really definitely appreciate that. So shout out to him. Did you、uh, stay up at all to watch Rafa and Medvedev? Not the beginning, no. But when I woke up, I was able to watch some of the fifth set. It was、oh. very crazy. <laughs> so you got the best part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool, cool.、Um, you have any thoughts on that? I mean, were, were you like rooting for one or the other, or any other just general thoughts about the match? 
I honestly would have been fine with either of them winning. I like both of them. But it definitely is, like, inspiring to see Nadal win and make his history. It definitely – I prefer Nadal over Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm you. definitely happy to see Nadal win and become in the lead now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's It's pretty crazy. So yeah, we we were uh, chatting a little bit, you know, before over the phone, like, or, you know, texting about your previous tournament and when we could time this interview. So I just want to ask, you know, how that went for you last week. I mean, I obviously saw the results. It looks like you did well in the qualifying, you got through it, and then you had a really tough match against, I think, Xiu Wang, who's like ranked 169. So, and you went three sets. Uh, so, I mean, that, was, was that pretty encouraging to, you know, have close matches against players who are ranked like significantly higher, you know, than you at the time? Yeah, it's definitely encouraging to have close match um, versus players that are ranked higher than you. And it, I mean, it does hurt a little bit when you have a chance, but you have to look on the bright side and having the opportunity is really great. So. It was definitely good to get through qualifying and tough to lose first round, but it also shows that I'm in the step in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. And you also uh, play dubs. And I think one of your opponents, Butarenko, is, is pretty highly ranked, top 100. And then the other one uh, was like career high of top 50 or 60. So that's encouraging too. Um, you close match there, obviously. I also lost in a third set tiebreak uh, yesterday, uh, but it's a little lower level than you. <laughs> those are those are tough, but um, we just got to move on. And speaking of which, I mean, are there any particular takeaways that you got from playing this uh, the tournament last week that you're going to be working on in training? Uh, one takeaway is like working on mid-core balls and those neutral balls, but overall in the match... From what I've been working on in previous training, it definitely showed an improvement when I was competing. So, like I said, step in the right direction. So, Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great to hear. That's the main thing, really. Um, so I always am very interested to hear like how my guests got their start in, in tennis. So um, how did you get your start? I think I officially like started was through the Geico program at junior college i mean tennis center sorry <laughs> and that was when i officially like had passion for it and they well, after that it was like a little camp kind of and then after that they offered me summer program and i really loved it and i just stuck with it since then um and then just basically grew up at college park <laughs> so that's I mean, my family has a little background in tennis, but they kind of stopped like in high school. So I'm the first one to kind of take it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, definitely quite a bit higher level than previously. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, did you have any role models like growing up while uh, playing as a junior? I mean, I obviously looked up to Serena and Venus, but kind of when I got older... I started looking up to Kvitova because mm. she's a lefty like me and also big hitter, but also uses the lefty advantage. So I started looking at her game more. And then also Francis Tiafo, 
because he was right there at home <laughs> and we built a very good re relationship um when i started growing up so yeah awesome yeah i could definitely see that i i, I attended that like pershing square um event where you all had played a lot of doubles and some singles and you know i just saw how <laughs> all of you are so close so that was that was really awesome to see when you mentioned the lefty advantage like i was wondering um is that like mainly just, you know, with, with the spins? Or I'm curious if you could kind of go into that. Yeah, so it's mostly with the spins. Um, you have this, uh, the bigger points are always usually played on the outside. And for lefties, that's a bigger advantage because we have the slice out wide serve. Righties, they can hit the, that serve, but it's a bigger advantage because we have it on the bigger points. And the other thing would be, they say lefty foreign, which is like you hook it off the court, which also righties can have, but these shots sometimes comes easier for lefties. Mm. But yeah, so that's pretty much the advantage. Yeah, it's just brutal having like a lefty with a, you know, heavy shot or heavy tops in forehand, yeah. like going to your backhand, like it's, it's terrible. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. You got that. And uh, also curious about like your parents and like how involved they are in tennis because it's also always interesting to see you know sometimes like players have chill parents sometimes they have like really strict parents so what what spectrum are, are your parents on? Uh, well, my dad isn't in the picture, so I've my mom is the one that raised me, uh, but I do live with my grandma and my aunt as well, and. On the spectrum, I would put them in very involved mm. in my tennis career, but they're also really chill. So mm. they have a better understanding when I win, when, when I lose, what I like to do and everything. And I definitely appreciate that they're chill and understanding. Mm. Yeah. They also give me the opportunity to learn by myself as well and kind of figure things out on my own but they also there to help and support me because it's a long journey <laughs> so but i'm glad they're really involved but also give me space yeah that's a wonderful mix and then i, I remember hearing on your uh during your interview with with fabio at functional tennis about i think you're you've been working with your coach since you were six is it is that right and yeah and who's your coach again uh, well, his full name is Ali Sama Ignamba, but I just call him Ali. So, cool, cool, awesome, awesome. And then you have like, I guess it's it sounded like a pretty extensive team that you named off. Although you know you said a lot of them are family, so uh, it's really interesting. Like, what what does your team comprise of? Well, we just started a collab. Oh, sorry, <laughs> a collaboration with Maratoglu Academy. So. Now, my team kind of consists of two coaches. So, Ali back at home, and then a coach from Maratoglu, and then two fitness coaches. And they all communicate when I'm either in France or at home. And then the rest is pretty much family. So, my grandma, my mom, my aunt. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And my coach, Ali's family, I would consider also a part of my team because they've seen me grow up as well. 
Um, but yeah, that's, so I don't know if that's a big team, but since most of them is family, it's, um, pretty close knit. Awesome. Cool. Cool. And then, I mean, do you ever come across like having your two coaches give you like any conflicting or different, you know, ideas? Like, has it ever been an issue, um, having, you know, two different coaches? I haven't run into that problem yet. So far, nice. they've been agreeing on the same thing. They kind of think alike, like to keep things simple, basic, and not over complex things. Um, but I think that's also because of me as a player. I prefer things simple and not overthink things. If anything, having the new co- the new the new coach just brings a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And just shows us different things that we can do because since Ali and I have been working together for so long, it's where it can turn into one dimensional thinking kind of, I feel like. So having different perspectives has opened us our mind and everything, but we haven't had a conflict yet. So, so far we're good. Good. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then in terms of like the training, I'm I'm curious, like, how does it differ between JTCC and Mortaglo Academy? Like, is the training different in in its structure and so forth? Um, Any any thoughts on that? For my structure at College Park and the structure in France, it's kind of around the same line. Hmm. So it's nothing too drastically different. Unfortunately, when I was in France, uh, the end of the last year, I got injured. So that kind of changed, obviously, my training. I was doing two two fitnesses and everything. But overall, everything's pretty much the same for me. So no, there wasn't like a drastic change. Cool, cool. Very cool. And, you know, in terms of your junior career, back to that, at what point, uh, I guess, or what age did you start, like, really training seriously? <laughs> That's a tough question. I think when I was eight, seven or eight, I think that's when I made the decision that I wanted to really pursue a tennis career. Mm. And I told Ali that, and then we've just been working on that (laughs) since I was then. Yeah. Wow. That's that's, that's pretty early to decide on a career, Um, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man. Um, And what what made you, uh, I guess, decide on that? I mean, I think for me to make a decision when I was that young, just because I just really loved the sport, but I didn't realize that I could actually pursue it until I was older. So obviously when I was young, I was just saying it was a, a dream of mine, and but a dream's a dream, so I didn't really think it was going to actually come true. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it has. Um, <laughs> but I think I made the decision because of just the love and passion for the sport. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I imagine there's probably, I mean, even with the passion that you have and love for the game, there's probably some days where it's, you know, you don't feel the greatest to like train and all that. So like what, what types of systems or mindsets or anything like that, uh, help you, uh, fight against that to, to still keep going? Yeah, I definitely have those days where I don't feel like doing anything. I'm still honestly kind of working how to get through those days. Usually my, my mindset is just to get through it and just put my head down and, and get through practice and everything. But sometimes that's not the best way. 
because it's kind of like I'm just going through the motions. So I might not even really be getting the full impact of the practice, you could say, because I'm just going through the motions. Um, But when I feel that way, I try to change my mindset and think of the bigger the picture. And if that doesn't work, then usually it's probably just a sign of me being really tired mm-hmm. and I just need a day off. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And hopefully your depends, coaches give but it to I, you. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely try to get through it. Cool. And then um, in terms of, uh, again, like your junior tournaments and such, like, I mean, what what was it do you think that separated you from the rest of, of the pack? That's a tough question. <laughs> I never thought of that. I think one drastic thing was power, like mm. game style wise. I believe I had a lot more power than the other junior girls. Um, and I think uh, mentally too. I was able, when I was playing junior tournaments, I played some pro tournaments as well. And I think that helped me mentally um become more experienced than the other girls so i think that would be the two things that separated me from some of the junior girls gotcha and and do you uh have a heavy focus on i guess like strength and power training no i've always had (laughs) a lot of power since i was young (laughs) but most of the time it's not the main focus to have strength and power if anything we're trying to work on like heavy spin and like mm-hmm. picking the right time to use the pace and power mm-hmm. um, but yeah my power usually comes really easily so we actually don't focus on strength and power training <laughs> yeah that makes sense if you naturally have it to you know not yeah. focus it on it, uh, as much so and in terms of, you said an inter- interesting thing like that you're working on when to uh, use that uh, power or like go for big shots and stuff. Like, has there been a change in your game in that respect? Like, I'm wondering like what types of shots maybe in the past that you would go for that weren't quite the best times to, to hit big? Usually there's one specific moment where someone would pull me out wide on my forehand side and I would really like to just slap it down yeah. the line. Um, sometimes it worked, sometimes it helped me out, but it's a very low percentage shot and a high risk shot. But now, uh, honestly, coming from the last match I played, that's one of the biggest improvements is that when I started moving, I actually stayed in the point and tried to get back into an offensive position. That's the main one either neutral balls or when I start moving when I was a junior, I used to just slap the ball mm. and kind of, if it went in it went in, if it went out, it went out. But yeah, that was the main improvement. So like just those neutral ball, neutral defensive balls to gotcha. stay in the point instead of slapping it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's smart. I mean, it's very tempting to just go for it, but yeah. um, are you like, you are you hitting it, like, unreal. yeah, exactly. Like feels so good and everything. It's, like uh yeah, get hooked on it. Um when you when you get pulled out wide, are you hitting like really high topspin shots or not necessarily? Not necessarily really high. I guess it just depends how much time you want mm. and how much time you want and how fast you get to the ball. Mm. 
usually if I'm reaching still, I'll hit it higher. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm technically in position, it's kind of just a heavy neutral ball. So it has height over the net, but not like a moon ball. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Got you, got you, got you. And then in terms of uh, the U.S. Open, I mean, obviously, you know, (laughs) you won singles and doubles, which is unreal um, last year in the junior tournament. Like, you played the uh, women's draw in 2020, I believe. So, like, did you have, like, extra confidence um, playing juniors the next year, knowing that, like, you had played, you know, the the women's tournament the year before? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, was there more pressure? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely felt the more of it. Uh, with the pressure because mm. I also played the qualifying of the women's before the juniors last mm. year and we were flip-flopping between juniors and pros and people thought I was done with juniors and everything mm. and then they saw my name in, in junior draw <laughs> so I definitely felt more of the pressure going into that but I believe I accepted the challenge and just main goal was just to try to have fun and not lose first round. <laughs> and that, that was that was my goal going in. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's that's tough balancing that. How what do you I, I guess how do you um help yourself out? Like because I mean it does sound like you there was some pressure. So what do you do? Do you just mentally say like, you know, it's fine, I accept it, I just want to have fun? Like is that kind of what you do or is there anything else? Yeah. Okay. That's, I like to keep it simple. It's best that to keep things simple for me because when I overcomplicate things, I do things that are unnecessary. So most of the time, I try to ease my mind and kind of remember when I was young just to mm. think of how I used to always uh, just have fun. So I just try to, that's always the main goal because when I have fun, I usually play well <laughs> and I get through every situation. So that's usually how I, I get through the tough moments. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Awesome. Love that. And then uh, try to like relive your preparation, I guess, for the final match. Um, uh, so what was your preparation like, I guess, the day before and day of the, the finals, the singles finals, from what you remember? Well, you played both, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Same day, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this year, last year or so, there was lots of rain delays. Mm. So actually, the day before the final, I'm trying to, th- I think I played three matches, one singles, 
and two doubles. Mm. Yeah, because I actually finished my quarterfinals before they canceled some of the other singles. So yeah, I got a lot of tennis in (laughs) before the finals. So my preparation was to keep things simple again. (laughs) Yeah, dang. And even though it was a final, try not to play it as a final, as you could say. Kind of take it as if it's just another match. Um, Because sometimes that releases the pressure for me if I just take it as another another match and not make it much bigger than it is. But yeah, the main goal was just to have fun and keep doing what I was doing the entire tournament because I had lots of good matches and I had matches that challenged me because of the conditions. The players actually pushed me a little bit with the condition as well. So I, the main goal was just to just trust myself in the final. So yeah, trust that your was training. the preparation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. JTCC motto. So in terms of the day of, um, like what, what was your uh, warm up like? I mean, how long was it and what type of things did you do? So the warm up, I usually like to have time between the warm up and the match. So people could say I warm up fairly early. Mm. I think my match was at one. It was either at 11 or one. <laughs> So let's say it was at 11. I think it was. I warmed up at 9.30. And because we've already played so much tennis, my warm-up was literally exactly 30 30 minutes. So it would have been 20, but my coach likes to make sure I get enough reps in because he knows I can tend to go very fast when I'm a a bit nervous and stressed stressed out. Mm. so he tries to make sure I get enough reps in even if I tell him I feel good (laughs) but yeah so 30 minutes went back went to change relax try to distract myself a little bit and then uh, it was time to go play (laughs) yeah cool cool and then um also like with the warm-up is your warm-up like always the same or is it like kind of geared toward whoever you're playing it's pretty much the same. Even uh, I'm a type of person that doesn't really like to study her opponents. <laughs> but if we do know something specific is coming at the end of it, we would just get a few reps. So like say the person hits like heavy balls, uh, Ollie would feed me heavy, heavy balls to just get some type of rhythm. Um, but other than that, my warm up is pretty much the same. Cool. Cool. Very cool. One thought that popped in my head is like, obviously you're, you know, you're young, you're 17. How do you, um, is, is there ever any thoughts of like, oh, I just want to be like a, you know, normal 17 year old and like do this and that, or like, is it just like all, all tennis or do you manage to balance it to some respect? Like, how does that uh, feel for you? No, I definitely have moments where I was like, Damn, it seems like I'm missing a lot. (laughs) But then at the same time, what I'm doing is special. Yeah. And not everyone gets to do it. So it's kind of just balancing out. Luckily, my friends in the tennis world are also my age. Mm -hmm. So we 
obviously talk about it and everything. And we try to just make the most of it because we also think just a school perspective. And we know we would probably have 10 times more work if we were a regular kid. Yeah. (laughs) So we think of the pros and cons. Um, But I think, yeah, I sometimes do miss and wish I went to regular school. But at the same time, I love the life that I'm doing and I'm doing what I love. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Trust me. I mean, uh, getting to not do all that schoolwork is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that's really cool. And then in terms of like um, mental health and like your on-court mentality, I mean, that's obviously a huge part of the game and maybe is like hasn't been so much that. How have you um, been working on that and how has it become so important these days? Yeah, mental health and mental strategy is definitely a big part of tennis. And I think it's good it's coming into the spotlight now because I feel like it was overlooked before. Um, I think people sometimes forget how tennis and everything can be mentally draining. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. <laughs> I think you have like um uh was it psychologist or I don't know want to use the wrong term or a mental yeah. game coach yeah yeah so I do have a mental coach um her name's Caroline Silly so yeah she's a part of the team I accidentally cool. forgot her <laughs> <laughs> no you didn't <laughs> cut that <laughs> just kidding <laughs> yeah cut that part out <laughs> um but no yeah so I work with her mm-hmm. and what's nice is that she also works with other sports. She's actually not like an expert in tennis. She actually doesn't mm-hmm. know much about tennis. So definitely gives, she helps give different perspectives and helps me understand that everyone goes through the same emotions. And there is some those points where you just need to let you have your mind, have a break. And it's definitely, I'm glad I'm learning this now mm-hmm. than later. Um, what, and I think it's definitely has helped me improve my game and start understanding myself more through competitions, through training blocks, everything. Awesome. Love to hear that. And then in terms of your, uh, like a typical training day, curious, like how that is for you, like what you're doing in terms of, you know, playing versus like, uh, resistant training, like mobility, flexibility, all that stuff. I guess I'd so, say on a non-tournament day as well, or week. Non-tournament day? Yeah. I'll just start with non-tournament day, and then I'll do tournament day. Okay. Usually for a non-tournament day, I have like mobility and preventative is what they call it. And that sometimes takes me 45 minutes to an hour. So I do that before. And then just depending if they put fitness or tennis first. I would go, let's say they put tennis first. So I would do preventative, then I would train for like an hour and a half, mm. hour and a half, two hours. Then usually it's fitness for another like hour and a half, mm. then a break, and then another hour and a half session. Mm. So that's usually a non-tournament day, but a non Tournament day can also look like just a straight, like three hour block. So I just do everything 
at once, which is sometimes what I prefer. Mm. Just to bang everything out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but for prepping for a tournament, it's sometimes about the same. Maybe you maybe a little less. Um, since we want to be fresh for the tournament and everything. But for example, like today, I'll hit at three thirty because that's the only time when courts are available. Ah. <laughs> so I'll hit three thirty to five with one of my friends and then I'll do specifics with my coach. So it's kind of like a, just a longer block instead of uh, separating it into two hits. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's very interesting. And then in terms of, um, I guess the like mobility and resistance and stuff and preventative training, like, so, so the mobility slash preventative, that's, that would be like every day, I guess, or okay. Pretty much. So I consider it, it's pretty much a warm up for me. Okay. So Got yeah, it. I do it every day. Got it. <laughs> it's long and tiring. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to do it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, do you do you listen to like music or something? To help yeah, that? have to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, gotta get through it. Cool, cool, cool. And then in terms of like your uh, resistance training, like is that? I'm I'm curious how that's broken down. Like, do you do like? For example, like, you know, lower body one day, upper the other, or specific body or muscles, or do you do full body every day? Or like, how do you break it down? Some days we do full body strength training. And then other days the coaches choose more of a specific spot. Mm. Usually if it's legs, it's legs. If it's upper body, it's upper body. And like, they just separate the, the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's always cardio Mm. so usually if it's full body there's not really cardio but if it's like we're gonna do like let's say tuesday we're gonna do core and shoulders then i'll have probably cardio Mm. after so that's usually how they break it up gotcha very cool and and you say cardio like what types of cardio are you doing is this like some sort of bike workout or cycling or anything really so at college park (laughs) We, uh, I don't know if you know the gravel that goes uh-huh. along the buildings. Yeah. So during summertime, we'd run that. Oh. And it kind of depends what TC's feeling, either if it's long distance endurance can technically or short sprints. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during the winter, we usually, I'm either going the treadmill or the assault bike, mm. which is like the, it's full body. You use your arms and your legs. So yeah. that one's always brutal. But then in France, it's also a combination. It's either spin bike, treadmill, or like the Versa climber. Mm-hmm. So that's usually my cardio. Got it. And, and when you're doing the cardio, is it like intervals, uh, interval training, or is it like long distance type of stuff, or is it a mix? It's a mix. Mm. Some days it's intervals. And then other days, it's literally like, you're going to do this for 40 minutes and you have to stay at this heart rate and then just do it the entire time. Like, so when I was injured and I could start like moving a bit more, the fitness coach in France would put me on the elliptical and it would be for an hour Uh. just straight. Like, so (laughs) definitely kind of boring, also mental, but yeah. 
So it just depends. Sometimes it's intervals and sometimes it's just long endurance. So you do it for like 30, 40 minutes. Mm. That's really interesting because I, you know, I have heard that, you know, that, that we should train more specific to our sport. And so like, for instance, I guess like, you know, like 10 mile run or something wouldn't necessarily be the best, but I, I guess for elite athletes, I mean, you're obviously doing a lot of that speed work so, and agility. So I guess also putting in that like, um, long form or long distance where you're at an elevated heart rate, I guess that is like a different level from just like a regular jog. Yeah. <laughs> I think it kind of just helps keep your foundation or build your foundation for the long distance ones. Hmm. That's super interesting. Very cool. Just curious about your gear. What's your, so maybe tell us about if you don't mind, or if you can, like your shoes, racket, strings, and tension. So I'm sponsored by FILA. Mm-hmm. So that's where I get my gear from, practice gear, match gear, everything. Shoes, I also wear FILA. People always ask me if I like wearing the FILA shoes, and I actually do. They're actually pretty comfortable. Cool. Then I play with Wilson. So my racket's painted uh, as the blade, and mm. I play with 4G Luxalon. Mm. And my tension, I string at 57. Oh, so, damn. Yeah. I play tight. really pretty high. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I usually always stay at 57. Most players, they like, they adjust their tension, like for where they are, what ball you're playing with, or whatever. I usually just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Simple, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So uh, w- with your racket, I-, I assume, I guess, it's like certain modifications and whatnot, like just to fit your style and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I recently just added weight to my racket because it's actually pretty light. Um, mm. So we added it kind of like to the top of the head racket. So my racket can go more like through now when I swing and I have more control on the ball. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Awesome. And then just curious, like when you're in the DC area, uh, is there like a restaurant that's your top go-to? <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Cause usually when I come home, my first meal is always like a meal my grandma makes. Oh, it's great. Uh, wait, mom, what's, a restaurant like we would go to like right away after we come back home. I would say either Spices, which is a Thai restaurant. Oh. Or I like to keep it basic and go to California Tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> That's solid. Oh, you like them more than uh than Chipotle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. So so I would usually go there, but that's when I'm at home for a while. Because mm-hmm. usually when I come back home right away, I prefer to have a meal cooked by my grandma since we eat out a lot yeah. on the road. So it's nice to have like a fresh meal <laughs> Yeah, and that's um, from home. I'm more of a dessert type of person. So like I would eat at home and then the first dessert place I would go to is probably like Levon Bakery. Their oh. cookies are like this big. So good. (laughs) Oh, man. That's awesome. I'm going to go to all those places. I love eating. Uh, Cool, cool. And uh, I guess a couple more questions. Uh, 
Do you do any cross training, like you know, like b ball or soccer or anything? Does that does that help if you do that? No, I don't do any. I mean, when I was younger, everyone was trying to get me to play different sports, but I wanted to stick with tennis, so <laughs> I've only done tennis pretty much. Cool. Good for you. I'm glad you stuck with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. You, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then, are there any books that you've read on tennis, or maybe they could even be like not specifically tennis? You know, for instance, like a mental game book that's that's really, I guess, maybe impacted you or helped you. That's tough because usually my style of book is like World War Two. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You're <laughs> so a history buff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, nice. definitely a history type of person. But I have branched out, and I think one book that I actually really liked reading, I think the name was Shoe Dog by Phil mm. Knight. So oh, it was the yes, yes. Bi- biography of how Nike got started and everything. Um, so I really liked that book. And I'm currently reading Psychology of Money. Oh, so good for you. Uh, yeah. I want to try to get money. <laughs> I <laughs> try to get that money. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, those would be the, the two books that I've read recently. And I think that I've really enjoyed and helped me. That's wonderful. That's, that's really uh, mature of you. I, I think, you know, from talking to you, that you're, you're mature and, and that's, that's fantastic. And yeah, I mean, you obviously want to know what to do with, with your money as well. Like, you know, when you yeah. get it, you know. So, very cool. Robin, where can people go to to follow you and like see what you're up to and all that on socials if you if you have those uh, platforms? I have Instagram. Okay, that's my main pretty much social. So my username is just basically Robin Monty, but the O and Monty is a zero. Mm. So that's pretty much it. I probably need to be more active on social media because I'm it's kind of my contract. So I'm kind of slacking with that. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the like the main one where you'll see like where where I am, what am I doing, and everything. Other than that, I mean, I have Snapchat, but that's more for like close friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Totally. Right. <laughs> uh, cool, yeah. cool, cool. And then um, just want to ask you, like, uh, if there was one key tip you could give our audience to help them improve their tennis game, uh, what would you say? I think when you're trying to improve something, the main thing you can do is to always just keep doing it and get as many repetitions. Because usually when you're trying to improve something, it never works on the first try mm-hmm. and you just have to keep doing it doing it and building it which can be boring but that's how you get good <laughs> so that would be my main tip and then the second one would be always make sure you're having fun and yeah awesome awesome love that uh really good advice robin well uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks a lot for your time. I know you've uh, been busy today. You got practice. You're doing some laundry, all that stuff. So <laughs> thank you. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely be definitely be following you. Uh, I, was, I spoke to a couple of my friends and, and, you know, one of them was saying how like he watched like all your matches at the U.S. Open and another one of my friends, he's like a big fan of yours. So um, they're really anticipating this one. So, so yeah, thanks thank a lot. You. And 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, best of luck, um, in your tournament this week and beyond, obviously. So we'll definitely be following you. So thanks a lot for coming out of the podcast. Perfect. No, thank you so much for having me. Thanks. All right. I really hope that you enjoyed my interview with Robin Montgomery. Robin, again, thanks for your time. It was really fun chatting with you and good luck in your tournaments coming up. And if you did enjoy this podcast episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts with an S at the end or in your podcast app of choice that you use to listen to the show. I would also like to leave you with a quote as I often do at the end of the show. And this one is by Albert Einstein. And Albert said, life is like riding a bicycle to keep your balance. You must keep moving. All right, that's it for this episode. I've got a lot of USCA League matches coming up, so I'm really excited to keep trying to win them and you know learn from them whether I win or lose. That's really the main thing and to try to improve my game. So I uh, wish the same for you and hope you can get out there and compete or at least practice what you've learned from this podcast and you know other solid sources of tennis information. So with that, thanks so much for listening. This is Mirabhan Aranshad, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.